Welcome to episode two of the now officially titled podcast, Home Away From Dome. Home. Away. From. Dome. A podcast talking about Under the Dome in the current uh, world that we live in, which is 2020, seven years after the show originally came out. Uh, So this is episode two. Um, If you haven't watched episode one, feel free to watch that one first. Um, we're going to be talking about episode two, uh, The Fire. So uh, feel free to take a moment or 42 moments uh, and go watch the episode. Uh, but if you don't, uh, feel free. You know, you do you. Uh, podcast is an interactive medium and you can choose how you view uh, cause you can't choose how you view it because it's sound. But you can choose how you uh, want to enjoy it. Um, anyway. So let's uh, let's get started. So, first note: uh, a difference between uh, this episode and the one before it is uh, my wonderful fiance Lindsay has volunteered to edit. Um, she's going to be editing the first episode as well, but this one I'm going to do with uh, consciously knowing about it. So, if she could uh, play the intro for this episode, because it really helps set the tone. Um, yeah, let's do it right here. Chester's Mill is a place like any other. At least it used to be. Until we were cut off from the rest of the world by a mysterious dome. Invisible, indestructible, and completely inescapable. We don't know where it came from or why it's here. But now that we're all trapped under the dome together, none of our secrets are safe. Yeah, so... There's going to be a lot more uh, clips and stuff to sort of set the mood of the show. I think uh, I can try and describe it uh, with my audio voice, but some of the actual audio from the show is going to help out a lot. So, at a high level, what happens in this episode? Uh, Well, the cop from last episode, I think I called him Dale. Um, If I did, that's not his name. Uh, It's Duke, um, the police chief. So... I thought that his pacemaker just went wonky. Apparently I missed it because his heart exploded and his chest is covered in blood um, as if he got shot by the dome. Duke's dead. Um, We're going to actually see what that looks like later on in the episode, but Duke's dead. Um, He left his house to Linda. Even though he has sketchy secrets in that house, uh, the big gym and uh, the town reverend, Reverend Coggins, wants. Deputy Eskimo, I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you, Reverend Coggins. I should get back out there. Well, you're right, Linda. Uh, so, due to some circumstances, they accidentally burn down the house and the town has to rally together to put out the fire. Um, so... I'm going to do a bit of a recap of what happens in this episode and then how this would impact our theoretical Toronto uh, under the dome. Uh, Domanto. I don't know. It'd be good to have a name for it. Domterio. The Sky Dome. I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll figure that as time goes on. I tried looking for a picture of Toronto under a dome, but I just got a bunch of pictures of the Sky Dome. So <laughs> anyway, we'll see how that goes. Um, so the episode starts with a bit of a flashback. We get to see how Barbie murdered uh, Peter Shumway, Julia's husband. My husband isn't here, but he'll turn up. You'll see. Um, I think it was this clip was supposed to humanize him a bit to us. Um, he didn't really want to kill him. 
he just came to beat him up uh, because he's a enforcer. So maybe hitman was the wrong word. He's just going to come break your legs if you don't pay his mob boss. Um, but then uh, Peter Shumway, the irresponsible, uh, nefarious man, pulled a gun on Barbie. Um, and then Barbie retaliated and uh, killed him. Although we find out later the gun was not loaded, so maybe Barbie is a bad man for murdering uh, <laughs> this guy. Um, Peter Shumway is still a bit of a mystery. All we know is that he is a doctor who worked at the hospital, or he was a doctor, uh, the late Peter Shumway, um, married to Julia Shumway. Um, and he is definitely dead, and he's buried in a shallow grave. Um, and our hero is responsible. Anyway, that's, uh, that's Barbie, uh, just starting things off with that. Um, yeah, so we get some shots of uh, Duke. Um, Linda is covered in blood. Like, his heart must have just exploded. It's not just his chest, it's every... And, like, I, I don't know. Like, that pacemaker uh, really took a beating. Duke. My chest. Duke, is it your pacemaker? <laughs> Anyway, moving across the town. Um, so, Joe, um, last week I referred to him as uh, a local farm boy and guy from Daybreakers, who I don't know his name. Um, but his name is Joe McAllister. Um, I think we have a clip of him saying that, because I don't know if they actually said it in the pilot, so maybe it's not my fault. It's Joe, right? Yeah, McAllister. Um, Joe is going to be a big part of the show. I really should have said his name last time. Him and Nori are going to have a lot of storylines going on. Um, he's, uh, I don't know, the brains of the group. Um, and he, he loves to use Microsoft Surface. Um, but that, that'll come up a bit later. Uh, for right now, he's decided... Uh, He's going to use trigonometry to uh, map out the dome. Trig, that's a great idea. It is? I can totally map this thing, see if there's any holes. I don't really know why he thinks trig is going to help too much. Um, at this point, nobody knows that it's a dome, really. They just know it's a big wall. Um, and I, I guess he could argue that he thinks it's some like uh, geometric shape, but then he says... I'll go, I'm going to see if there's any, like, ways out. I'm going to map and see if I can find my way out. And it's like, well, if there's, if you're expecting there to be holes and it's, and it's just some random shape, I don't know what trigonometry is really going to do. But, you know, he's in high school. He probably just learned it and he, he's just showing off a little bit. Um, there's going to be a few moments throughout this episode. Uh, I know I said earlier that radio waves don't really uh, come through the dome. Um, I was a little bit off there. Radio waves very slightly come through the dome. They don't leave the dome. So uh, for exposition purposes, the people of the dome can hear a few things that the government are saying. Uh, the government can't hear anything on their radio. Although they haven't tried. Um, I guess they're just transmitting music <laughs> currently. Maybe the government just doesn't care. Um, but yeah, so... We're, in this episode, we hear a few clips from the military. Um, this was one of my favorite. Negative, sir. Fire is ineffective against the surface. Um, later on in the episode, they're actually shown spraying the dome with a hose, um, which it, it sort of feels like the, uh, there was probably guys off screen throwing rocks at it and a guy with like a vacuum seeing if air can go through the dome. Um, it, it, 
I don't know. It's very creative. They used all the elements. Uh, somebody said that a laser doesn't work against the dome. Um, like, these are all important things. Like, this is the type of science you want to do, I guess. But um, I don't know. It, it, the idea of um, when they started spraying the dome with a hose, that, that part killed me. Um, <laughs> fun fact, though, it, they found out that water does actually sort of drip through the dome. Like, you know when you, like, hold a glass of water and then, like, uh, your hand gets wet underneath? Um, it's not usually the hand, more like a table. Um, that's sort of how the dome works with water. So uh, the people of Chester's Mill will not uh, drown, or I guess they won't drown. They won't um, dehydrate themselves. There, there, there will be rainwater coming into the town and, and theoretically leaving the town as well. Um, Joe, Joe has a friend who I'm going to call Skater Boy. It's Ben. Ben Drake from AP English. Um, he just skates around all day. Uh, I, I don't know if he has much else of the character. He actually has a really funny joke where he um, pulls out a, a spray paint bottle and then spray paints a door into the dome and then tells Joe that he found a way out. Um, <laughs> but he also asks, hey, if we're made of water... We're 70% water. Why can't we go through the dome? Um, Joe, being the brains of the operation, does remind him that they're 30% not made of water. Um, but I thought that was a good try. I, th I think thinking outside of the dome is the type of way you get outside of the dome. Um, so big ups to Skater Boy. Uh, nobody else had any decent ideas in this episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, we also get some theories... Uh, from the town DJ about what caused the dome. Um, so maybe it's a good idea to keep a running tally of uh, what are the possible causes of the dome. Um, I'll, I'll keep this going, but currently the two reasons proposed were North Koreans or a tear in the space-time continuum. So uh, keep your eyes open. Maybe it's going to end up being one of those two. Um, under the dome does have a lot of cutting political commentary um yeah we'll see we'll, we'll see about that <laughs> um i did want to clarify last week i said that uh nori's parents were dallas and carolyn it's actually alice and carolyn um i just misheard them originally this is carolyn and uh, her partner alice they're staying in my spare room upstairs they're in from la we got trapped driving through your little town oh, we're taking our daughter nori to, to camp it's like a glorified prison for screw-ups with rich parents. It's a great program, Nori. Uh, so it's Nori and her two moms, Alice and Carolyn. Oh, so Julia is paranoid that the government did this. So she thinks that the government has uh, created a giant dome, put it over the town, uh, and she's now started throwing a tennis ball at the, at the armed guards standing outside of the dome. Um, funnily enough, it seems like her house is bordering the edge of town. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have assumed that because there's so many neighbors right there. But anyway, she's right on the edge of town. So she walked out into her driveway and started throwing a tennis ball at the dome uh, with the idea that the uh, armed guards on the other side would look at her because she's a, a reporter, a journalist. She wants to figure out what's going on. Um, now, this is a ludicrous idea that the government did this. Um, but, in our hypothetical scenario, it sort of is true. Uh, we are intentionally creating a dome like this. So, we could argue that when we make the dome, a lot of people will have a similar thought. 
what if the government did this? And they'd be right. Um, and they'd probably be pretty upset, and they'd probably start throwing tennis balls at the wall. Um, I don't think this is going to be a big problem. We won't have armed guards standing beside the dome because the dome is impenetrable. And if the dome can't sustain itself against tennis balls, then we haven't done a very good job. Um, so I think this should be fine, um, although people will probably be a bit peeved at us. Um, I don't know if they still get to vote being under the dome. We can't can't really uh, count their ballots and you know I don't trust um, I don't trust electric voting machines so um, I guess I guess their votes don't really matter come re-election time um, so <laughs> a bit of uh, paranoia the government's okay in this scenario um, oh, I didn't comment on this last week but junior and Angie um, the creepy guy who kidnaps his girlfriend I'm junior um, I didn't really describe how horrible the fallout shelter looks. Um, it looks like it's from the movie Hostel. Um, it looks like if I if there was nuclear bombs that went off, I would rather be outside than be in the fallout shelter. Um, it's dreary. It looks damp. There's chains hanging from the ceiling. I don't see any food um, or any reason to be down there. There's a bunk bed which I guess is for Big Jim and Junior, uh, which is actually really funny. Um, I, I, that would actually be really sweet. Um, but yeah, other than kidnapping people, it doesn't seem like a great spot. Maybe it's dilapidated. Like, maybe nobody's used it in ages, and that's, uh, that's why it looks this way. But um, I don't know. It, if you wanted to kidnap somebody and really, like, make them uncomfortable it's a great spot for anything else it's it's really horrible anyway uh, angie is still kidnapped for the entirety of this episode um junior still thinks that angie is uh screwing uh barbie because she asked him for a cigarette you're sick angie but i'm gonna make you better if i'm so sick then why don't you take me to the hospital? If you care about me so much. Because he might still be there. Um, this leads to Junior trying to find Barbie. She belongs to me. That's too bad for her. Trying to beat him up, getting his ass handed to him, and then walking back to Angie and saying, I killed him. Which, uh, you know what? If you're gonna... <laughs> She's not, she's never going to know, or, well, she probably will know when she leaves the bunker, but until then, um, you know, <laughs> just tell her whatever, whatever you want to say. You know, you're a crazy person. Uh, don't let reality, uh, hold you back. <laughs> um, anyway, that's, that's Junior and Angie. I, I forget how long Angie's in this followed shelter. Um, it's probably a few more episodes, um. I think in most shows that could be, like, the main storyline. This one is just sort of, you know falls to the wayside I, I mentioned it earlier we're introduced to uh, reverend coggins um so in the first episode there was some sort of conspiracy with propane um some sort of hank hill-esque conspiracy uh where basically uh the town had a lot of propane and for some reason that was shady um big jim was involved duke our lovable uh, heart-exploding cop was involved before he died, and Reverend Coggins was also involved. Um, 
So Coggins is a uh, Coggins and Big Jim are uh, doing some behind the scenes work to uh, keep our new cop Linda uh, from discovering what the use for that petrol is or propane. I, I still don't know what the point of it is. Um, I think it's some like uh, illegal business that they're doing. Um, we'll, we'll we'll find out. This mystery goes somewhere. Oh, there. An, an interesting point is that the we get the actual dimensions of the dome. Uh, Joe, using his trigonometry, deduces that the dome is at about ten miles across. The interesting thing here is, I'm pretty sure Toronto's more than ten miles across. Um, oh man, I really should have looked it up. I searched size of Toronto. I guess I want the length of Toronto. Okay, so we're about 43 kilometers long, and that is 26 miles. Okay, so the diameter is going to be about two and a half times the size of Chester Mills Dome. Honestly, I expected our Mega Dome to be a lot bigger than the Chester's Mill Dome. Um, what's actually interesting here is because it's so big, the center of the dome must be massive and it, it probably breaches the clouds um the dome in chester's mill is you know it's big it's not that big though ours is gonna be huge so another advantage to social doming is we have a big old dome bigger than the one in chester's mill so keep that in mind for keep for those keeping track this is a pro to the dome plan uh, anyway, in Chester's Mill, they only have a 10-mile dome, and that might be the cause of a lot of the problems that they run into. So Barbie meets up with Joe again. Um, Barbie and Joe are going to be two of the most, like, people driving the plot forward. Uh, so this is one of those fun shows where, like, adult characters just hang out with teenagers, um, and that's what happens in this scene. Um, just walks into Joe, uh, and when he leaves, Skater Boy, one of my favorite characters, um, Asks, Where'd that guy come from? Definitely not from around here. How do you know? Because he's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, he's pretty cool. Pretty cool, Barbie. So Jim sneaks into the uh, police office looking for uh, Duke's will. Um, I just wanted to comment on that because Linda sneaks in and finds him with a big piece of paper. And in big letters, it says, last will and testament and this is in duke's office um and then she says it's duke's will as if she's telling big jim that it's his will and it's like yeah yeah it is he, he probably knew that yeah anyway duke left linda's house um which is pretty nice uh it's always nice when your boss wills you his house um apparently duke and linda were very much like a father daughter that they never had type of thing I assume Linda had some sort of father. It's tough to have a father you never had. I guess if they're not in the picture. Um, one interesting thing about the dome, and this will be true of our dome as well, is that nobody knows that it's a dome at first. Uh, the, the, the curvature of the wall and the invisibility of it makes people just think it's a barrier. Uh, so at a certain point in the episode, they find out that it's a dome. Uh, so these are some initial reactions uh, that people have to uh, the fact that they are under a dome, or the dome. What does that mean? I have no idea. I do, Mom. It means we're all gonna die in here. This dome thing, how big is it? No idea. 
We're under a dome? We're gonna run out of air? Yeah. Great questions. What what does it mean? Uh, I don't know. We're that, that's what we're gonna find out over the next few episodes, um, or the next few seasons, honestly. But anyway, um, this was actually something I wanted to comment on. Chester's Mill Police Department. Um, we can look at it as a case study, but it's not great for two reasons. Um, well, one real reason. There's four police officers in the whole town. I took a look at Toronto. Toronto has 5,400 police officers plus 2,000 like officers, I think, desk officers or whatever. So let's say 7,000 police officers. Um, if we were to go and say that the results of Chester's Mill are a comparative sample size, then of the 7,000 police officers, a quarter of them's heart would explode. Um, a quarter of them would go crazy within one day and start shooting the dome. Uh, and another quarter of them would get hit by ricocheting bullets from the other police officers shooting the dome. Uh, and then the last quarter would inherit the house of the other people. Um, to be honest, though, even at the end of the day, that leaves us with uh, that's a quarter of about 1,800 cops left, which is not bad um definitely better than one which chester's mill has um i don't know i i, I think toronto as a whole i also don't think that's a rel uh, a good sample size i don't think we can draw conclusions from the four police officers in chester's mill um i, I can't assume that a quarter of our police officers will start shooting the dome um maybe one or two who knows um but yeah, I, I think we'll be fine. I, I, don't, I think there will be a strong police presence uh, in the city. Um, oh, also just a sad fact. Uh, so Linda, our, our main cop protagonist, she is, uh, she, her fiance is a firefighter and he's stuck outside of town. And we're introduced to in this episode, uh, her fiance's brother, who's a cop. Who, Rusty? Come on, Linda. My brother's not gonna let some magic bubble thing keep him from seeing you again. Uh, and he's the cop who gets shot and dies, so... I don't know, he didn't really do a lot, but... He was a nice guy while he was here for the five minutes of the episode. Um, yeah, so anyway, two episodes in, two cops dead, and the only two characters that have died, other than nameless people who crashed their vehicles. Um, oh, I really wanted to comment on this. Joe finds, while he's looking around town, he finds uh, a dog um, beside a human who got chopped in half by the dome. Yet another person literally chopped in half by the dome. Um, that border. <laughs> it's a dangerous place to have a picnic like this guy was having. But he finds a, do a dog, and the dog is named Truman. I'm just putting it out there. That, I don't know if I caught that originally, but that's got to be a reference. Like... To the Truman Show, uh, yet another uh, thought experiment about a human living under a giant dome. In case I don't see ya. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Truman Show is a lot better than Under the Dome. Uh, it's it's just a not ironically good movie, but I don't know. I thought that was a fun little uh, reference to put in there. I don't even think the dog is in another episode, but it's cool that there's a Truman dog. Um, that was around the point when the military starts spraying a hose at the wall and then Joe puts his hand on the wall and gets wet um, 
the military also doesn't respond to that so i don't know if that's what they were trying to prove i think they might have been trying to see if the dome was water soluble or something like that like maybe a wicked witch of the west scenario um the dome starts melting um oh next up is a little vignette with our hero dale barbarossa barbie we're seeing where he is buying cigarettes and he gets three packs of smokes uh he runs into nori who's shoplifting for some reason i guess um the candy bar is going to uh feed her another day even though the society hasn't collapsed at all under the dome everybody's still using money but anyway she steals a candy bar whatever uh but she decides to harass barbie and, uh, and say didn't anyone ever tell you smoking's bad for you hey no these aren't for me it's an investment we end up getting stuck in here for a while you would be surprised when people will swap for these things so barbie is already like devote already assumed that it's going into a prison society where everybody's going to be trading for cigarettes um but secondly he's basically just a panic buyer like he bought as much as he felt comfortable buying from the store he's hoping to hoard resources of cigarettes and then um sell it at a higher profit so this is our hero the guy who uh, goes and buys the town out of toilet paper um except he's going for cigarettes because he thinks that this is a prison movie uh what, what else um junior was creepy honestly that's like his entire plot for three seasons no nah, i'm just kidding season two for junior gets uh, it's like a redemption arc and then season three he turns into a pod person so look forward to that um so there's been a few fights in the first few episodes so much like my list of theories for how the dome happened i want to keep a running tally on who is the buffest guy in town so this is my comprehensive ranking by episode two of who could win in a fight so number one barbie winner he beat up junior and he beat up peter shumway um he's undefeated he i don't know he looks pretty tough junior comes in a close second um he was able to uh lose to barbie which honestly not that impressive but when you compare it to peter shumway who got beat to death by barbie um i'm gonna edge it out slightly to junior so peter shumway's in third K.O. i don't see him coming out of the cellar i think he's gonna stay at the bottom of the list as the show goes on uh junior i i, I think he could climb up he likes to beat up people and he's looking to fight um, maybe one day he'll get to rematch against Barbie. We'll see. I think at some point in the show he gets super strength. Um, that's probably going to help. The Reverend goes to Duke's old house, finds some incriminating papers, lights it on fire, uh, and the whole house catches on fire because he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, but before he lights it on fire, he says, The Lord works in mysterious ways. <laughs> because he uh what's it called he's a one-note character and that's the only thing they have about him is that he's a reverend um so he lights the house on fire and he gets stuck in there and he's like oh no help me save me uh anyway the house is on fire um the whole town walks over and looks at the fire nobody does anything because uh they're all i guess starstruck i don't know they, they, they don't know what to do they just want to look at the fire 
Um, apparently, though, it hasn't rained in weeks, and the town is a tinderbox. So if the fire spreads from beyond that house, the whole uh, town's going to go up in flames. That's not good. So Barbie comes over and he tells everybody, You guys still got your water pressure, right? So go and get as many garden hoses as you can. Go, 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 go. Hey guys, go, 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 go. People start running. And I don't know about you, like, I, I would assume one guy's hose can probably reach the house. Like, in my neighborhood, like, if I had to put out a fire using my garden hose, it would be tough to put out the fire at my house. And I could maybe do the houses to the left and probably not the right of mine. Um, Chester's Mill is like pretty rural, so the houses are even more spread out. So maybe they have longer hoses. That could be it. But even then, I can't imagine that a lot of people had hoses to go get. Um, a few minutes later, Barbie tells them, Hey, everybody who does not have a garden hose, I want you to go get a bucket, get a pot, get a, get a trash can, something, anything that can hold water. Let's go. Let's go get buckets! And I think what happens is somebody moves their swimming pool into a yard. People start filling the swimming pool, and then they start filling buckets, and the whole town has a bucket line where they throw water onto CGI fire so it never goes out, and it looks totally useless. Um... <laughs> Every time they throw the bucket, it looks like they missed. Um, but yeah, they're, they're doing a horrible job, and the fire is still spreading. Um, until Big Jim comes over in... Uh, I debated what to call it. It doesn't look like a tractor. Um, it's. I'm just going to call it a mighty machine. Mighty machines. Big and mighty machines. Um, it's maybe a bulldozer? Maybe. Um, so he comes over in his mighty machine that he just commandeered like a police officer um, and basically rams the house into submission, uh, which causes the fire to go out. Um, I don't know if that would really work. I, I, to me, honestly, it, it seemed like it made sense. Like, if the house falls over, it's going to burn out quicker and it's not going to jump from place to place. But, uh, yeah. It was a it was a one way to solve the fire. Very, very uh, cinematic. Made good TV. Um, now, if we were to have to do this in Toronto, I don't think it'd be a big issue because we are going to plan the dome to come down when there is not a parade going on. So all of the firefighters will still be here. Um, I do think that. Uh, a lot less people in Toronto have hoses and buckets, but I think that the hoses then, uh, that the firefighters have should be strong enough to suffice. Um, there's a great line. So everybody in this uh, this show, they live in Chester's Mill. It's a, it's a rural town, you know? They're in the middle of nowhere. Uh, except for Alice, uh, Carolyn, and Nori, who are, you, you can tell they're written to be very liberal and come from, like, uh, Bren Brenwood, I think they described it as, um, as they're moving the buckets. Uh, you imagine our neighbors back in Brentwood helping out this way? I don't even know who our neighbors are. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, like, I, I think the circumstances are a little bit different here. I think if my, uh, town was gonna burn down i don't talk to my neighbors much but uh i might have a giant dome trapped me in my apartment with them um and 
I don't think I would, you know, if the town's burning down, I probably wouldn't be like, uh, if my neighbor said, Steve, help me, that my house is burning down, I wouldn't be like, ooh, I don't know him. Keep walking, keep walking. <laughs> back, back to Brenwood with me. Anyway, um, something to think about, though. Maybe they're right. Maybe Torontonians uh, are too uh already socially isolated and we just would all stay in our apartments not talk to each other and maybe not even notice the dome came down uh who knows um this is super minor and nobody's gonna get this unless you watch the episode but joe is filming this fire putting out for some reason and he's clearly holding his phone vertically and the HUD that they show, because it's like a little recording shot, is horizontal. And it's like, what is going on? It's so distracting. But anyway, feel free to watch the episode for that one thing. <laughs> yeah, so it ends with the episode. Um, uh, Big Jim comes out after saving the day and he says, like, uh, we can all get through this together. And then uh, the, a crazy police officer goes, no, we can't. It's been one day. And <laughs> there's already been a fire. And... I've, I've gotten all the guns in town and put them in my car and uh, I'm just freaking out, man. And uh, the other police officers are like, Take it easy, Paul. Don't you tell me to take it easy. You're just like him. You know, like you're lying to these people and you're promising that everything's going to be okay and it's not going to be okay. And he shoots at the dome for really no reason. Um, I think just to sort of accentuate his point that uh, you can't, you're not my real dad. You can't stop me. Um... And he, he, it bounces off the dome. The dome is impenetrable. Um, the only thing that can get through it is a, a garden hose, funnily enough. Uh, but bullets are going to bounce right off it. Uh, and it kills the other police officer. Breathe. Stay with me. Come on. Stay with me, Freddy. Amidst all the chaos, I believe Barbie disarms him. So now we have one police officer who's going to go to jail, one who's going to die, uh, Linda, who's going to have to run everything, um, and Dale, whose heart exploded, and now his house burnt down, um, and then Jim rammed it with a truck, so not a good Dale, oh, I called him Dale again, not a good day to be Duke, man, and, and his house burnt down, his heart exploded, and I forgot his name, not a good day, um, yeah, so, in Chester's Mill, they're running into a lot of problems that I think are very specific to them, they have an understaffed police department, and they let all of their firemen go uh, for a parade. I don't think we're going to run into any of those problems. So this episode is actually a big win for social doming for Toronto. Uh, we learned that our dome's going to be bigger and better. Uh, no new problems were really introduced. Other than the fact that I think people will be able to figure out that uh, it was an intentional dome. Um, and might be a bit peeved about that. Uh, other than that, I, th I think things worked out. All right, next episode's called Manhunt. Uh, Barbie is armed with a rifle in the episode photo <laughs> describing it. Um, this is our, our pal, the murdering uh, protagonist. Um, took three episodes for him to be deputized, I guess. People are scared, and when people are scared, they start acting stupid. But yeah, we, that, we, we're going to see what happens. Uh, hopefully it's like a good episode of Manhunter. Um, but we'll see. Anyway, signing off from uh, Chester's Mill. It's Chester's Mill, by the way, not Chester Mills. Chester Mills is probably a guy who lives there, but anyway, signing off.